0: I just read two little things that on the internet that I just wanted to share with you uh, concerning Father's Day. And it says, uh, one little boy defined Father's Day like this. He said, Father's Day is just like Mother's Day, only you don't spend as much on a, uh, on a <laughs> present. <laughs> and a loving father used to sing his little children to sleep until he overheard the 4-year-old tell the 3-year-old if you pretend you're asleep he stops <laughs> <laughs> so praise the lord amen i thought they were cute so I, I just wanted to share them with you praise the lord and i know you've been blessed by him amen hallelujah hallelujah father we just pray that you would take your living word and father we just give you our hearts our minds our souls and our spirit We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and sow the living word into us, O God, Inscribe it upon our hearts that we forever be changed and transformed. Grow us and nurture us, O Lord, in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at Isaac this morning. And if you go with me, Genesis chapter 25, verse number 21. You know, the Bible often refers to God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, Isaac was a, was a, a man who uh, loved the Lord. And he had a wife, Rebecca, and, Ab- and Isaac's father was Abraham. Abraham was called a friend of God. It's good to be a friend. Isn't it good to have a good friend? All of us need at least one good friend. And through the wisdom of, of men and throughout the world, it's so he says that if you have at least one good friend, you've got, you're, you're good, you're good. You don't need a lot of good friends, the more the better. But if you have one good friend, you're blessed, you're blessed. Amen. And Jesus says, Jesus, you see, God called Abraham a friend of God. God called Abraham out of out to, to leave his family and to go where God would lead him. Abraham didn't know where God was going to leave lead him you know there didn't come a brochure to Abraham and said Abraham, if you follow me I'll bring you to this wonderful place with saunas and all this other kind of stuff. It didn't happen, did it when when you're going on vacation or you want to go somewhere, you pick up a brochure and you want to get some information about that place, right? And you'll say, oh, it looks good or it doesn't look good, right? And so based on how it looks, you'll go or you won't go. How many of you will go to some place that looks bad? None of you, right? Not if we're in our right minds and we won't, right? But we, we want to go someplace that, that looks good and exciting or something we think one might be fun. But when God says to Abraham, Abraham, get up, leave, your, leave everything and come follow me. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what lay before him on the journey with the Lord. But he said, yes, Lord, I will obey your voice and your call. And he walked with the Lord. And that's what being a friend. friend was. Abraham, being a friend of God, he trusted God. He obeyed God. Whatever God asked Abraham to do, you know, he was there to do it. He wasn't perfect, but he was there to do it. He trusted God and walked with God. And that's what God wants us to do, to to hear his voice, to, to want to be with him. You want to be with a good friend. You want to share your heart with a good friend. How many of you know you just can't share your heart with anybody? Now you can share it with your husband, you can share it with your wife, but if you have a good friend, you have a, a, some kind of security, some kind of trust that I can share my heart with my friend, my best friend, right? And so we know that your best friend is not going to use you or abuse you. And that's what God is. God wants a friend. Abraham knew God wasn't an abuser. God wasn't going to put demands on him that, that, he was, that were going to break him. Abraham knew, somehow he knew in his heart, God was good. And wherever God lead me, that's where I'm going to go. And he trusted God, obeyed God, and that's a friend of God. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, says, I call you friends. He He says, and my friends are those who obey my commands. These are the words of Jesus. He says, I call you friends. And he says, my friends, if you, you are my friends. This is, this is the way he words it. You are my friends if you obey my commands. This is what Jesus said. And so what 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 does God put on friendship? What does God look for in friendship? That we will trust him and obey him and walk with him according to his word. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to walk with the Lord according to the way his word shows us. Amen. And when we do that, Jesus says, you are my friends. You are my friends if you obey my commands. This is what the Lord says. And you can look that up in John chapter 15, verse 14, if you want to. That's what it says. And so Abraham was a friend of God. He wanted, he chose willingly to follow the Lord. How many of you know following God is a choice? that we make every day that we want to walk with the Lord and want to follow him so Abraham was a friend of God and we know that what happened with uh, Abraham and Abraham was uh, Abraham and Sarah they didn't have a child and they were getting old but God has spoken a word a promise to Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations right and now Abraham is old and he's saying well You know, I'm sure he must have been trying to say, what about the Word of God? What about God's promise to me? Where is it? It hasn't happened yet. But Abraham trusted God. Abraham still believed God. Never give up on God's Word. Never give up on the Word of God. You think things aren't working out in your life the way they should? Continue to trust the Word of God. And guess what? God will work things out because God says, I have a future and a hope for you, plans of good, not of evil. And then God showed up to Abraham. The Bible says three men, and all all, all your scholars and all believers, was a manifestation of the of the Trinity that showed up. And they said to Abraham that that Sarah was going to bear a child. And Sarah heard that, and Sarah was old, and Sarah started to what? She started to giggle, laugh. Now, come on anyone that age hearing that would giggle or laugh because she loved the lord abraham loved god sarah loved the lord and it was just it was it just made her laugh it made her giggle to say now i'm going to have a child now believe god no matter what things look like no matter what somebody tells you believe the word of god that comes that that is in written in the word and spoken to you and so, Sarah, although she giggled, she, she, she still, in her heart, believed. And what happened? They had a child, Isaac. And Isaac now had a wife, Rebekah. And in chapter 25, verse 21, And Isaac prayed to Jehovah for his wife. Men, do you pray for your wife? By faith, too? Amen. Do we, women, do you pray for your husbands? Do we pray for our friends? Do we pray for our neighbors? God calls us. Prayer is very important. God looks, God desires a people who pray, who care about others, not just yourself. Of course, we need to care for ourselves and pray for ourselves, but we need to pray for our husbands, for our wives. We need to pray for our children, for our family, for our neighbors. It's important. And not only that we pray, but we pray with faith, believing God hears us. And not only that God hears us, but that God will answer us. And so Isaac prayed to Jehovah for his wife because she was barren. Again, in the natural, it didn't look good for Isaac and Rebekah. But but Isaac wanted to have faith and believe God because his father Abraham, he saw what happened to He knows how he came about through a miracle, wasn't it? You think you think Abraham and Sarah let let Isaac know that, hey, Isaac, you were born when when we were, you know, in the natural it wouldn't look good. You, you know, in the natural there would they would have just says, Oh, come on, you know, give it up. You know, you really believe God is going to do something at this age? And so he prayed and Jehovah heard him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the son born was was Jacob. Now Jacob, we know, uh, according to the stories in the Word of God, that Jacob had a brother Esau. And Esau, you know, God's God wants us to speak His Word and to believe God for our family and for our children. And when Abraham, all of the, all of the fathers back then. Prayed blessing, spoke blessing over their children, whether it be a son or a daughter, the father spoke a blessing over the child's life and blessed them. Fathers didn't really curse their children, they wanted to bless their children. And and Jacob, usually the firstborn, got got the major, the main blessing. And so Esau was the firstborn, and he was to get the major blessing. But there was something in Esau, something in his heart, that he didn't value the word of God. Because he sold his birthright. No, the Bible says Jacob was a deceiver in that he deceived his, his brother and his father. But Esau sold his birthright. And what does that mean by selling your birthright? He willingly gave up for a bowl of beans. Yeah. A bowl of beans. You know the beans you get when you buy the hot dogs, like Bush's beans? Now, they're good, aren't they? I love Bush's beans, right? That uh, was a bowl of porridge, but I'm just using beans or whatever. I don't care how good that bowl of beans is or that porridge is or whatever. It's not worth me selling out the blessings of God over my life for a bowl of beans. And what is it saying here? That Esau was more concerned about his stomach than he was about his spirit. And we've got to in this life be more concerned about our spirit than our stomach. God will provide for our needs. Esau was out there saying, "Oh, give me, give me what you got! I got to have some of that, or I'm going to die." Man, that was like really stretching the truth. He wasn't going to die, you know, but his stomach might have been growling. But he, his focus was on the natural. On the things of this world. What's going to please his belly for today? He wasn't thinking about tomorrow. He wasn't thinking about the birthright of the blessing. That I'm the firstborn. My father has a blessing that's going to be imparted over my life. But he didn't care about that. That didn't ring in his heart. That didn't strike his heart. And we've got to understand the things of this world shouldn't count as much as the blessings that come from the word of God. We've got to live that God will provide for us. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so Esau was seeking the things of the world Food more than he was seeking his spirit. But Jacob says, you want this? Give me your birthright. Because he knew Esau, in his heart, didn't value, didn't care for the birthright. Because Esau could have easily said, what? I ain't giving you my birthright. I'll give you something else, but not my birthright. But Jacob knew there was value, there was a precious blessing that he was didn't want. And if he didn't want it, guess what? Jacob said, I'll take it. Do you want to sell this porridge for your birthright? And he said, yeah, sure, take it. You can have my birthright. Just give me that bowl of porridge. And so Jacob says, here, eat it. I'll take the blessing. And so we've got to choose to to take the word of God more than anything else. And when we receive the word of God, we're receiving all the blessings of God over our life. And then it says, you know, when Jacob went in to his father, again, he was, he wanted the blessing. And so, yeah, you know, Rebecca, you know, uh, there was that little, uh, thing to go and make believe your Esau, but he knew Esau didn't want it. Esau could have cared less about the blessing in a sense, but Jacob went in and got the blessing. And look at that, what that blessing says. Uh, In Genesis chapter number 27. Go with me to Genesis chapter number 27. Now the Bible says, Jesus said, it's said throughout the word of God, God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is included in there. In Genesis. In uh, Genesis chapter, let me get it to, Genesis chapter number 27, starting in verse number 27. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him. That is, Isaac blessing Jacob, the father blessing the son. And he said, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. God is a God of abundance. And here Isaac is speaking the blessing over his children. We need to speak the blessing over our wives, over our husband, over our children, over our friends. We need to speak over our families. We need to speak the blessing. But it says now... May, may people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now this is a this is a, a prophecy and a blessing given over Jacob by Isaac. And you know the story that that blessing. That blessing that Jacob received from his father, that Esau didn't care about, that Esau just beans was more important to him than that blessing. That blessing that Isaac spoke over Jacob is still in effect today. Why? Because he remembered Jacob. Jacob, it says that uh, he was at he was at Bethel, but Jacob, let me just say this right here. Jacob The Bible says God told Jacob, You'll no longer be called Jacob, but you will be called Israel. Israel, the nation Israel today comes from Jacob, out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob today is Israel, and that blessing that Isaac spoke over Jacob is still in effect today. God blesses those who bless Israel and curses those who curse Israel. This is the word of God that is, that is there and is still in effect today. Because Jacob wanted that blessing. He understood there's value. There, there's something precious about the blessing. And if Esau doesn't want it, I'll take it. How about you? Maybe somebody else in your workplace, maybe somebody else around your life, doesn't want the blessings of God, doesn't care about the Word of God, and they'll say, "Well, let's go, let's go do this, and let's go do that, and let's let's satisfy our so, our stomach, let's satisfy our wallets, let's satisfy our whatever." But you, we need to say no. God's blessing, the blessing of God's Word, is more important to me than my temporarily uh, doing something that may be displeasing to God. I want the blessings of God for my life. Amen? And they're freely given to you if you see that these are precious and valuable. And the blessings of God are not only for today. The blessings of God follow you and your children and your wife and your family for generations. The Bible says, I will bless the blessing of God will go down to those who love Him to a thousand generations. But the cursing, those who curse are under the curse. It says the curse will go down to four generations. But the blessings of God over your life will cover your household and your family to a thousand generations. The blessed seek the blessing. Seek the Word of God in your life. It's a choice. Jacob had a choice, Esau had a choice. Esau made the wrong choice and then later when Esau went into Isaac Esau said oh give me the blessing give me the blessing because he didn't want the blessing he was more he was just concerned about other things his heart was not there for the word of God and when he went to Isaac Isaac prayed this over him he said you're going to live by the sword and you're going to live in a dry place and you're going you're gonna to bow down and serve your brother. And when you get restless and resent being a servant to your brother, then you're going to rise up and, and, and go from there. And then that's when Esau said, I'm going to kill Jacob. You see, in Esau's heart was, was murderous thoughts. He was all about himself, Esau. And when the blessing didn't come, he says, I'm going to kill Jacob. Wow. Wow. But Jacob wasn't one that that wanted to kill. Jacob wanted the blessing because he wanted to love the Lord and serve God. And see, he says, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Wow. But Jacob, go with me to Genesis chapter 28. Jacob chose to be blessed. He sought, he wanted that blessing. Genesis chapter 28, verses 10. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And there he came to a certain place and spent the night there, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and laid down in that place. Now, how many of you use a stone for a pillow? Huh? I mean, he wasn't in a resort area. He was out somewhere and he just put a stone under his head to go to sleep. And God came to him. And says, and he had a dream, verse 12. And behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. What a sight. Wow. God is showing Jacob something. You see, Jacob was blessed. He could not escape the blessing that was spoken over his life by his father Isaac. And here God is imparting to him. He wasn't a perfect man, but yet God, he knew his heart. God looks at the heart. Do you want the blessings of God? Do you count them as precious and valuable? God looks at your heart. And if you do, if you say yes in your heart, Lord, your word, your blessings are more valuable to me than anything in this world. I want to be blessed by your hand and by Your who you are. And it says, verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your Father Abraham and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants shall also be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What Esau missed out on for a bowl of porridge or beans, right? What he missed out? What did he give up? Wow. And behold, verse 15, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. The word of God's promise to us is I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you go through the waters, you will not drown. When you go through the fires, you will not be burned. My compassions are new upon you every morning. These are blessings of God. What would we give them up for? A bowl of porridge? What are we going to give up? The blessings of the new covenant, of, of, of the word of God, the covenant that Christ has made with us. What would we sell it for? What would we give up for it? And we can't be Esau's, we got to be Jacob's. I want the blessing. I want that blessing. I want that, but whatever it takes, I want that blessing. And it says, uh, then, verse 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he said, and he was afraid, and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And I want to tell you something. When you come into church, the house of God, it's a gate of heaven. It's a place where God can impart into your spirit to encourage you in the promises of God, in the blessings of God, to remind us... Every one of us, we need to be reminded of the blessings and the promises of God in His Word. We need to be challenged and encouraged to continue to be a friend of God, to continue to obey and trust Him, to continue to see Him for who He is, and to continue to know that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we see that Jacob had a dream at Bethel. And then it goes on to say that, 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 that there was a Jacob came into a time of distress... But go with me to Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 to 3. And you can read, I'm not going to go through the whole story that happened before, but... Uh, but uh, Jacob was in fear for his life. He was in distress at this time because of what happened. Uh, Dinah, one of the daughters, was raped, and the brothers went and killed all the men of that town. And then all the neighbors, the Bible says, were what God told told Jacob in here. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and live there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. You see, when when Jacob was in a time of distress, it says he was in distress. God said to him, Go back to Bethel. Go back and go back and remember that place where I made my promises to you. When you're in stress, when you're in trouble, when the when the situations of life are troubling you, when when you're coming up to things that you don't understand or or whatever, go back to the Word of God. God said to Jacob, go back to Bethel, because there I will protect you. There you'll remember my promises to you. And he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And the Bible goes on to say that while Jacob was journeying back to Bethel, he had to travel through other places that heard what was done. And the Bible says that God put a fear on those people, so they wouldn't attack Jacob while he was on his way back to Bethel. God put a fear in the people that would do him harm until he got safely back to Bethel where he remembered what God said and there he rededicated that that place to the Lord El Bethel and he says but that's where God says you're going through something tough in life you're going through situations and circumstances that may be distressing go back to my word go back to my promises don't forget what I've spoken over your life. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will provide for you. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. I am your healer. I am your provider. Go back to the word of God when things look like they're not working out or something. Whatever life throws at you, go back to the word of God. And that's what he did back here. And so we see God bless them. But Jacob had a choice. To choose to follow God and go to the blessing and go back to the word of God. Jacob even made peace with his brother Esau who wanted to kill him. But Esau didn't value the blessing. Gave it up. And Jacob, who became Israel, is still being blessed. That promise is still being propagated throughout the world today. Aaron, I want to look at Aaron in Exodus number 28 go with me to Genesis, Exodus chapter 28 Aaron, you know, and Moses uh, praise the Lord now God used Moses in a great way, didn't he? Moses, everybody knows Moses and his movies made about him, everything Moses cried out you know, he was leading over 6 million people into the promised land and Moses cried out to the Lord Lord this is too much for me you know and God and and then Moses he at one time says kill them all you know take this burden off and God says no Moses I can't do that those are my people I love them right and so God gave Aaron also there to be with Moses and in Aaron in uh, Exodus chapter 28 verse 1. When God spoke to Moses and he was giving him, he took him on the mountain and he was giving him the the instructions for building the tabernacle of Moses, where God would dwell in the midst of his people. And God said to Moses in verse, chapter 20, he said, Then bring near to yourself Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel to minister as priests to me. Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Abihu. Uh, Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. So here, Aaron loved the Lord, Moses loved the Lord, and God blessed Aaron by saying, I want bring Aaron to me and him and his sons, and I want to make them priests, servants in my house. The Bible says we are all a kingdom, a nation of priests. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood to serve God. And so Aaron and his sons were given an honor and a privilege to serve God. How many of you know that your, your privilege is a privilege for God to call you and make you his son and make you a servant of himself? How many of you know that's a privilege? We didn't earn it. It was something freely given to us. It was a choice. Do you want to be my son and my daughter? And when we came to Christ and when we came to Calvary's cross and said, Lord, forgive me in my sins, God cleansed us and made us. He put garments new on us and made us priests, priesthood who would serve him. Service means one thing, too. That seeing God for who he is and knowing that God is holy and righteous and true, that we love him, that we want to reverence him and serve him and walk with him. And so Aaron became a priest, the high priest, the first high priest, actually, in the word of God. And God made him a spokesman for Moses. And then you remember when Moses was out in the battle, it was Aaron and Hur who went alongside of Moses and held up his hands. And they as long as they held up his hands, the battle was won, right? And when they went down, the battle started to lose it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands again. So Aaron started out good. Aaron became a spokesman for Moses, right? He saw everything that God did through to the Egyptians, right? Powerful things, wonderful things, miracles, miracles. Aaron was a witness to the miracles of God. He was the spokesman. Because Moses says, who am I to speak to to speak to speak Pharaoh? I stutter and blah, 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 blah. And God says, I'll let Aaron be your spokesman. So Aaron was was right there, present to behold all the miracles and the power of God, right? With, along with Moses. He saw how the battle was won when, when they lifted up his hands, when they stood there. And then, starting off good with God is good, but guess what? We've got to finish the course. We've got to finish the race, as Paul said. It's not how you start up, but it's how you finish. Now you remember, what happened when Moses went up on the mountain and he was up there for a while, right? The people down below who were with Aaron started to say, He must have booked on us. He must have went over the mountain and is on his way to some, some, some whatever playing golf somewhere. And what about us? We're down here. Where's Moses? And so Aaron was there, and Aaron was with his sons, and Aaron was with the people. And what happened? You know the story. They started, Aaron started to make the golden calf. Aaron, who saw the miracles of God. It's not that you're in the presence of a service and you see the miracles of God taking place that in itself is good. But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to walk with the Lord. How is your heart? What's in your heart? How is how is the peers, how are the people around your life affecting you? Are the people around your life going to make, cause you to make wrong decisions? Aaron didn't have Moses there. But Aaron saw the miracles of God. Saw the power of God. And yet, now he's listening to this multitude of people who are whining and complaining. And how many of you know people will always whine and complain? You get enough people around you, and guess what? They're going to start complaining sooner or later. Blah 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 blah. And so they started complaining. Aaron, we want to, we want a golden calf. We want to do. And so Aaron made a golden calf. His sons were looking at him. Fathers, your sons are watching you to see how you walk with God, to see how you live your life. Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar—they were there watching Aaron. They were there with Aaron when they saw the miracles of God. And now they're watching their father make a golden calf to please the people. And Moses came down from the mountain. And you know the whole story. And then in Numbers chapter 20 verse 12. People are watching you. How you live for God. Your children are watching you, your wife, your husband, your family, your neighbors. They're watching how you live and walk with God. Not just for a day, or not just on Sunday, but what about Monday through Friday? What about the rest of your life? How are you trusting God in your daily life? And so, when Moses and Aaron were, were up on the earth, it says and Jehovah spoke to Moses and Aaron, both of them. Because you did not believe me to sanctify me in the eyes of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Both Moses and Aaron didn't make it into the promised land. Why? Because when they struck the rock, God says, You didn't believe me. You didn't trust me. You didn't obey me. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Jesus says, those who love me, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You see, it doesn't matter how we start out, but God calls us to to believe his word and to walk in obedience to his word throughout the journey of life. Disobedience to the word of God, we're going to get into the promised land right now because of the blood of Christ, because of the sacrifice of Christ. But back then, there wasn't the sacrifice of Christ for them. And disobedience, listen, disobedience in those days had consequences and penalties that played out in their life. Thank God for the grace of God today. Because all of us have been disobedient and all of us have have not fully followed the Lord with everything that he showed us. We've all come short. Moses and Aaron, can you say that those men were not great men of God? You have to say they were great men of God. But yet... They they stumbled, and they didn't make it into the Promised Land. Aaron died there. Moses Moses was was there. So it's not how we start, but how we end. Now go with me to Leviticus chapter 10. Just give me a few more minutes here. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. Now Nahab and Abihu, the the sons of Aaron, who were priests, It says the sons of Aaron took the respective fire pans and after putting fire in them, placed incense on them and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. They disobeyed the word of God and they did things their way. When we're servants of God, we've got to do things according to the word of God. We can't make up our own way of doing things in the house of the Lord, and in, in, we can't just live our lives how we want to. We've got to live our lives and worship God according to the way the Word of God says to worship Him. The whole point of the tabernacle was worship, coming before a holy God. And God prescribed a way to proceed into His presence to worship Him. And so here they were priests. And it says, They came before the Lord in a way which He had not commanded them. And look at verse 2. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Verse number 9 says that, that they disobeyed God's God's word and did things their way. And in verse 9 it says, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons, when you come into the tent of meeting, so that you may not die. And make this a perpetual statue. What they did with the strange fire, we don't fully understand what it was they did. But it could be. It could be that they were at a point where they were trying to please themselves or they disrespected God. But look what it says in verse 3. Because Moses, Aaron's brother, Aaron just saw his two sons struck dead. How do you think he felt? Not good. Not good. They were priests, servants of God. But choice, we all have a choice. They made a choice in their heart. We can't see the heart. But in their heart, they chose to not only disobey God, but to disrespect God's holiness. And so there's two things that God wants of us as fathers, as men, as women, as believers. To know that God wants us to be obedient to his word as best we can. That's why he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us. But God wants to see us that he is holy. God wants us, when we worship God, to see that we're worshiping a holy God, and we just can't come any way we want into the presence of God. We remember Ananias and Sapphira, even in the New Testament, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and God struck them dead. Thank God for grace and mercy today. Thank God. Thank God. But God is trying to get a point across that uh, the Nadab and Abihu, who knows. They may have seen their father way back then when he was making the golden calves. They were drinking and getting drunk and having a party, having a good time. And maybe that carried off into them. And they said, you know, let's have a little bit before we go in and and do what we got to do. Maybe they were drunk. We don't know. But the Bible says in verse 9, there was a warning there, don't drink. But look at what Moses says to Aaron. Because Moses, his brother, pulled up to him when he saw this happen. And look at the words of Moses. Moses said to Aaron, verse 3, It is what the Lord spoke. He's referring to the sons being burnt up. Those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. And Aaron held his peace or was silent. Aaron understood that his two sons didn't reverence God didn't honor him as holy and didn't and did and and in their hearts disrespected the lord and so we see in the old testament how god counted worship and uh, of a holy god as very very important and that's why we've got to understand god wants to bless us god wants us to to be partakers of the blessing and God wants his blessings to follow us all the days of our life. But we, God wants us to be his friends, as the Bible says, more than friends, who are sons and daughters. But God and Jesus saying, you are my friends if you obey, if you do what I command you. God gives us his word because he wants his blessings to follow our life. He wants to bless your household. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your children. He wants to bless... And, but God says, follow me, seek my word. Let this be the desire of your heart to seek my blessings and to seek my promises over your life. And if you do this, and if you love my blessings and promises more than the the deceitfulness of the world, don't worry about how you're going to get things. Love me, follow me, walk in my ways, and I will bless you and I will bless your house and I will bless your job and I will bless everything else. That comes your way. Jacob was blessed. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't sell out the blessings and promises of God for a bowl of beans. Don't let someone come around your life and say, Do you really believe the promises of God? Do you really believe the blessings of God? Because they're trying to rob you. That's the devil's way. And it comes through people you love, people that love you. It comes through family and friends and neighbors and co workers. Do you really believe the blessings and promises of God? Don't you know you got to get it on your own? Don't you? Well, we got to do. We've got to work. We've got to put our hand. But we're we're trusting that God is our provider, that it is the blessings of God that it will be upon me. And so, don't let people rob you of believing the word of God. Don't sell sell it out for a bowl of beans. Because everything else in this world. That's what it amounts to, a bowl of beans when it comes to compare to this, to the Word of God. And so let the Word of God be your blessing. Let the Word of God be your provision. Let the Word of God cover you and your household. Let the Word of God cover your job. Let the Word of God cover cover you in whatever you do, and you will be blessed. Seek it with a desire like Jacob sought it. Don't be a, an Esau. Don't give it away for nothing be blessed. Amen.